Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast. We have a special episode for you captured with IndyCar President Jay Fry about a half hour after this morning's announcement of IndyCar's move to a hybrid powertrain. Get to as many things as we can in the 20-ish minutes that we had. They've announced this intent. They have done exploration for a while now. There are many things that still need to be defined, figured out, even at the most basic level of which vendor or vendors will make this kinetic energy recovery system? How will it be deployed? We know the method they're thinking, but for how long, etc. Can it be used on ovals? How? Uh, what will it weigh? What will it cost? While I ask many things, not every single thing is at a stage here on day one of the announcement to give a definitive answer. But as usual, I appreciate Jay's willingness to try and help as much as he could. We'll also note that uh, I did kind of acknowledge to Jay, it wasn't necessarily an apology because there's nothing to apologize for, but I have been badgering him for years, years that this needed to happen. So if you haven't already, would strongly recommend heading over to racer.com, giving the original news story that I wrote a quick read and then maybe the new of opinion backgrounder i don't know what i should call it piece but both the news item where i laid a lot of the things that indycar needs to map out and figure out that jay couldn't necessarily address to the reasoning the true need for this to happen so get a chance take a look racer.com some fun stuff there boy uh can't wait for next week's episode of the week in indycar because i know we're going to have a ton more questions i can't wait to read robin miller's mailbag even Robin admits he doesn't have a mechanical bone in his body. And yet, uh, of course, folks are going to have questions, which he then passes on to me. So fun times, truly fun times. So thanks to Jay. And let's get going here. Talking about IndyCar hybrids in 2022. All brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com. And if you'd like to listen to any of our previous 600 plus episodes, pay a visit to Marshall Pruitt Podcast. Jay Fry, I mean, I think of December 25th as Christmas, but for tech geeks like me who love nothing more than awesome new toys to play with in motor racing, I guess we'll look to August 1st, 2019 as a fairly important milestone in IndyCar's competitive history where you guys officially stuck the uh, flag in the sand and said, hybrid, that's where we're going. Why don't we just start there? What led to this? Because there's been a little bit of a modification to the engine plans announced a little over a year ago. Well, I think part of it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me today. Um, you know, there's the, the the automotive world is changing. It's changing rapidly and evolving. So in the last say six eight months to a year, um, obviously there's been part of that evolution. So um, this is one. You know, to Chevrolet and Honda, this is very important. Um, they're two great partners. Um, we're very proud of the the partnership that we have with both of them. Um, so if, obviously if it's important to them, it's probably also important to other OEMs. And, you know, we, we have conversations with them all the time. So many people know what we're doing, know where we're going. One of the things I want to make, you know, obviously very clear is it, it, this technology, our, our four basic grassroots points are fast, loud, authentic, and unapologetic. Um, this fits right into that. We're still going to be fast, loud, authentic, and unapologetic. Um, you know, we'll be pushing 900 horsepower. We're still going to continue with our formula of less downforce and more horsepower. So 
you know, this is just part of the continuing evolution. It's part, it fits in perfectly to our five-year plan that now it's funny. We keep calling it the five-year plan, but this thing actually goes out through 2027 now. So um, it's kind of taking a life of its own in a, in a really good way we feel. So we're quite excited about it. Um, I think this positions us very well for the future. And uh, again, we certainly appreciate, you know, Chevrolet and Honda's help. Um, they've been you know, a big part of what this, what we announced today. Um, they'll be a big part of it going forward too, but really the, we've worked on this again for the last six to eight months. The work's really just starting now. So um, we've come up with the criteria we're looking for. We've come up with what we want it to do. We've come up, we know it can. It can. So now we'll send some stuff out to uh, numerous suppliers again with Chevrolet and Honda's help and uh, figure out what our next step is. So I've been badgering you for a long time behind the scenes, brother. Got to look at hybrids, got to do hybrids. Not yes. because I love hybrids, uh, or I should say electrification. By adding electrification, we then have a hybrid powertrain. It's just two types of powertrains uh, working in unison. But I've been badgering you for a long time about this, but again, not on the topic of because I just really want IndyCars to become electric, but all back to the point you raised of within the other series that I cover, specifically sports cars, boy, those manufacturers talk about hybridization as being a really key pillar of their marketing strategies, their R&D strategies, and if they're going to get a new budget to do something brand new in racing, whether it's supplying engines, building a going prototype racing, whatever, they hear more and more from the marketing folks, from R&D if it doesn't have a hybrid angle, you might struggle to get money out of us to go play in racing. So outside of Chevy and Honda, which you've mentioned, can you share if you have been hearing from other manufacturers saying, you know, boy, if you had that option, it might be easier for us to come to the table. Well, I think, yes, absolutely. As if it's important to Chevrolet and Honda, it's obviously important to the industry. So um, I think it's, it's been amazing. You think of over the last 12 months, how, there's been an evolution going on, you know, different things and different technologies and that type of thing. So this is, this is one way that we can for sure, which is very important to us to keep our identity, which again, we, you know, the fast and loud piece, um, but can also um, help with our current OEMs and hopefully future OEMs um, with some different technologies. Just think of this, this technology going, you know, 240 miles an hour at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I mean, that's stuff that's pretty extreme, so, you know, that, that's, we're really excited about where this could take us. We really feel good about where we're positioned now for the future. Um, again, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, we're, you know, we got the, the aero screen project that's going along very, very well. Um, we got this coming up in 22. Uh, so again, there, you know, there's a lot of, we think cool, um, initiatives going on. And again, I, I think it positions as well for the future. So as always, you are super uh, welcoming and saying, Hey, uh, happy that this has been announced, but also know there's probably plenty of questions folks might have mentioned up front that this is an announcement of IndyCar's intent for 2022, not, and we have every single thing ironed out, figured out the, the systems are sitting on the shelf, ready to go. So there's still plenty of stuff to be sorted out. Therefore, while we might not be able to answer everything, do you appreciate your willingness to say, Hey, let's maybe uh, expand on some things or answer some questions folks might have. So why don't we just kick off here? 
Jay with Jeff Barack, who asks, is the hybrid power going to be a version of push to pass? Yes. <clears throat> this one, so when we, we came up with the plan or what we're sending out or we're talking to suppliers about is really a couple of things. One is um, electric starters. So the, the drivers will be able to start the cars from the cockpit, which we think is important for numerous reasons. One is um, safety. If a driver stalls, you know, on, on the track, they'll be able to start the car and go on. It's good for our AMR guys because they're not exposed to with having to go out with the umbilical to manually start them. It's good for the show because, again, if if a car spins and can continue on, um, refire the car, keeps the race you know moving along. So that's all good. Um, the other, you know, so from that aspect, we're quite excited about it. And then the other piece is um, the push to pass. This will add, you know, again, we're not sure yet, but probably 40 to 50 horsepower to the uh um, to the engine. So that will take it, you know, pushing hundred horsepower just on the push to pass piece. So yeah, all these are, all these were kind of criteria we came up with as part of this, um, initiative. So it will definitely be part of the push to pass. Another thing too, and this is, I probably should have asked this, or we probably should have addressed this a little bit more in depth up front. We are not talking about IndyCar in 2022, Jay being american formula e all silent all electric uh you just uh, effectively cover your ears because there's no reason to try and listen because there's no exhausts no sound coming out that is not what is happening here we have the addition of call it electric horsepower to a new 2.4 liter twin turbo v6 motor that's a really big part of messaging don't you think jay that probably going to need drumming somewhat consistently so uh, especially indycar's longer term fans realize nope we are not turning off the same familiar engine sounds you're accustomed to no absolutely not again we we, we it has to match our criteria which is the fast and loud and, um authentic and unapologetic kind of type so it's it's we even had um, a couple different scenarios we think the engines could be louder because of this so um, just with all the new things we got going on and then add the hyper piece to it. So again, it fits into our, our, our criteria in a big way. And we think we'll enhance everything we're currently doing. So absolutely. One item that was not in the release today, uh, involves chassis. I know informally we've spoken about the same year, 2022 being the general time frame. Uh, the series is considering uh, having the next chassis come online. Uh, Kale Putnam asks, how is the process coming along for developing that next chassis? Who might do it, et cetera, and when that might come out? So maybe less of a specific timeline, but just more of a where might you see the new internal combustion engine plus the KERS hybrid or the KERS electric system uh, match fitting into a new chassis? Uh, well, that's a great question. So originally in the five-year plan in 21, we had the new engine and new car or new chassis. And then we moved, if you remember, we moved the chassis to 22. So basically now we're moving the engine to 22 also. So they both lined back up. Um, so we're quite you know excited about that. We're kind of back to our original plan based off of what we just announced today. Um, think of it like this. I think the car, you know, we, we worked really hard to, to, the aesthetics of this current car, the fans were involved. There was always great um, enthusiasm for what the look that we were trying to come up with. So the the next version will be more of an evolution, not necessarily, necessarily a revolution. 
So if this current car, say we were able to do 75% of what we wanted to do, but the canvas was, you know, kind of limit or that, that's as much as we could do with the canvas that we currently have. So this new version will be just some updates and some different things that we weren't able to do to the current car. It'll look, you know, it'll be different. It'll be, you know, but it'll, it won't be a re- revolution. It'll be more of an evolution of what we currently have. So costs, we've had a couple of IndyCar fans ask about costs. That too is another thing that obviously was not put in the release because you're just at the stage of sending out requests for uh, uh, proposals and such. Knowing that costs, though, will certainly be something that you want to keep in check, et cetera, et cetera. Can you share some just general thoughts on that as well, Jay? Because I guess if you didn't, the hybrid system or the car system could cost more than the entire car. Right. Well, again, that's another great question. So everything we do, we do from a team's perspective. Um, Obviously, the economics of the series, again, that's why partly we came up with the five-year plan was to, you know, so everyone, including the teams who are, who are huge resources and are hugely involved in where we're going and what we're doing, um, the economics have to be right. The terms have to be right. The um, and, and everything we do, we negotiate from a team perspective. So whether it's terms, whether it's you know initial costs, whether it's what, however it works, it has to be. It has to fit into our economic model and. Um, so far we've been, you know, fortunate. We've got some great suppliers, some great partners. They understand that, um, where we've negotiated terms for the teams. We've negotiated different things for the teams. Um, I think again, now that this plan goes through 2027, um, you can, you can, you know, uh, map things out to that point. So you can, uh, delay or defer costs and different things. So that's something that's very important to what we do. And, um, we take that very seriously. I guess attached to that, Jay knowing that every team owner has the Jay Fry uh, bat phone hotline straight to you. Is this something that privately getting ready to announce this? Did you do your normal polling of, I don't know if I should say all team owners, but I know you like to at least get the ideas, get definitely test the waters and temperatures of folks. Where, what things have you heard so far, at least from team owners about going hybrid in 2022 and, I don't know if concerns would be the way to put it, but what have you heard in terms of feedback of great, uh, hey, don't kill me on the price, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Curious what the paddock said so far. Yeah, no, they've uh, obviously they've, they're part of this whole process and everything we do. So um, they were all certainly aware of it and um, there's been great enthusiasm. They understand, um, you know, the future and where we're going and what we're doing, how this is going to work. Um, they've been part of the solution. They've been part of the idea. So we actually had a, a smaller team motor meeting in May. And this was one of the topics we discussed. So um, they, they get it for sure. They get, you know, a lot of them are in different series too. They see what's going on other places. Uh, They understand that this is, you know, this is, this is really kind of to me the best of both worlds where we can keep, you know, for sure our identity is the fast and loud. And this just enhances what we do and enhances our identity and simultaneously kind of, um, is new technology, you know, as that world is evolving, we're evolving with it, but it lets us keep our identity. So the owners have been extremely supportive. Uh, the team managers, you know, the entire paddock who's part of this plan. Um, and it had been part of this plan since, you know, we, we initiated it in 2016. Um, so again, that they, they understand what we're doing, why we're doing it, you know, what the, the possibilities are because we're doing it. And, um, you know, we all look forward to the future. 
We've had a couple questions, Jay, from folks. Alan Bandy is one of them. A few others who've said, so great, happy to hear it. What about ovals? Because if we're talking traditional curve system and what we expect this system to be, be generated under braking, don't do a lot of braking, uh, say the Indy 500, how much thought have you guys been able to give, at least at this early stage, as to whether this new hybrid powertrain plan would include ovals or maybe just the 500 since it's obviously our biggest day promoting what we do manufacturers wanting to come in just curious about the oval side because that's doesn't necessarily line up with traditional uh hybridization yes obviously that's a very important factor like you mentioned that's um the 500 being our marquee event you know this is certainly technology we'd have to work there there's it's probably too early to say, but we have three or four different ideas on how that could work. Um, that's part of the process we're going through with some of the suppliers. And we're, we're enthused and encouraged by some of the things that they've said to us about how this application could work. And think of it this way, too. As quickly as this technology is evolving, this is something we're talking about that's you know two years from now, right? So between now and when we start implementing things, the end of next year, we start testing things. Um a lot of things can change. So we've already seen some things recently that, that I would say is relatively new and could come into play for, you know, everywhere we go. So um, stay tuned on that. We're definitely conscious of that. It is different. That's one of the things that's very cool about this series is we're very diverse um, in the racetracks we go to. Obviously, we do oval street courses, road courses. So you have a different application. could have a possible different application for each one. Um, but it's all part of the, the, the same system. So what you're saying is I should hold off at least for now on starting the uh, Marshall Pruitt technology company where I build 33 extension cords that are two and a half miles long for the Indianapolis motor speedway. That, that's, That'd be pretty cool. Though. I mean, just, <laughs> <laughs> you, but what, talk so, about untangling so them after the race. Boy, that yeah. would take some time. That'd be uh, awesome. Yeah, winding them back up. Well, actually, it's funny that, you know, you think about the broadcast partners, all the cables they have. Oh, yeah. Stuff they have to go through. So it's, See, it's, it's been done. We found the uh, NBC IMS Productions and whatnot yeah. angle. I love it. That little They might have just learned that here. Uh, yeah. Let's see. A couple other really good questions. Uh, one of the topics here that, that seems to uh, interest folks as well is the safety side. And I know there's so many elements to this, although we're talking technology and adding something to the cars, whether it's Formula One, LMP1 hybrid or otherwise, the safety side dealing with a car that has a very powerful electric charge in the event of an accident or otherwise. What are you thinking in terms of filling out that portion of the needs is that engaging with friends you know in f1 or otherwise what are your best standards and practices curious how you approach that as well yeah well that's um part of the criteria in in, in rfp type uh things that we're looking at i mean we have some ideas of what we think it's going to be you know is it in the 48 to 60 volt range um that that's there's different levels of different voltage that create different opportunities or different issues so um, we think, you know, we looking at that will kind of dictate what's possible and what's next. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be any, you know, extreme voltage type situation like in F1 or anything like that. So um, 
again, that's we're, we're, we're exploring that very heavily right now, and we have for the last couple of months. Um, but again, as that technology changes, there's different things going on there too. I think if you look at some of the passenger cars, um, there's some pretty high voltage pieces to those that are different in, in a hybrid type situation. Um, so we're, again, we're exploring where we need to go. Again, we've set the criteria, what, it, what we wanted to do, you know, the starting the car, the, the, you know, adding the push to pass what's next after that is it, you know, could it be a pit road situation where the drivers come down pit road, they press the button, you know, it's, it becomes where the hybrid kicks in, you know, during that piece that could be in the future. So it will know a lot more over the next, you know, 30 to 60 days. Last couple of questions, Jake, because I know you have some other things to do today. Looking at the future here as well with the hybrids and such, I know that one of the, the quote, issues with the current chassis was not only did it come in heavier than expected originally, but with a lot of additions on the safety front, all positive there, but also additive when we're talking weight stated goal all along for the next generation chassis again likely in 22 we're going to do our best to get the weight back down maintain all the safety aspects but get the weight back down so performance wise the car is more capable adding a hybrid system though most likely a battery of some sorts i mean if we're talking what's common a battery positioned beneath the back of the tub underneath where the fuel cell sits that's what you'll find in Formula One, for example. Um, we're talking weight, though. Electric motors slash generators at the back. Among the many things for you and your competition team to think through, is there any concern that adding this hybrid system might wipe out any of the uh, weight efficiencies you're planning for a couple of years from now in a new chassis? No, we don't think so. So the, the unit will actually be in the bell housing. Right? Okay. So that's part of it. So that's kind of cool. So that will be incorporated um in, into that. And then, um, what you're saying is, you know, for sure, spot on, we've come up with as everything you always say is, um, uh, we've the safety enhancements, a lot of things to the car over the years has been bolted on, right? So the new version, and we talked earlier about the, the, the canvas will be where all these pieces are incorporated into the car, right? So it's built in, not bolted on, um, which, you know, with new technologies over the years too, there's different materials that are lighter, better, stronger, that type thing. Um, that's part of the evolution of this car. So there will be very conscious of, um, you know, reducing weight to the car. Obviously the aero screen is adding weight to the car. So that's another piece of the puzzle. And, um, if we run the car basically as it is now in 2021 with the aero screen, and then in 22 come up with a car where the, the, um, it's, lighter overall have the addition of the hybrid have the aero screen as part of the, the car we think we can get the weight down maybe let's close on this jay and these are conversations you and i would have held either i sought you out and had them or, or whatever in private so i don't want to really crack any of the the finer details open because they're not yet ready for uh being public but can you share with folks your thought process on incorporating a hybrid uh, powertrain starting in 2022, four or five years. And the fact that IndyCar is not viewing this as say the end all be all the one and only thing we're going to be hybrid. There's nothing else. There's nothing better. There could be no further advancements and such in the future. Again, I know without getting into 
real detail, you have not been of the mindset of, all right, we're going to do this thing. And then we can say we're good and modern. Your mindset's been, you know, hybrid might actually be old technology by the time we get to the end of that uh, five-year window. And we're going to keep looking at other things in the interim. Can you just share a little bit of thought process there? Yeah. Yeah, well, this so this is still a combustion engine, right? That has hybrid technology bolted to it, so. and that's not going away, right? We can tell folks right. that uh, we're, no, we're going to yeah. have combustion engines for a long time. Absolutely, yes. So this is just an enhancement to what we're currently doing. So we're excited about that. There's a couple other things we're looking at for the future. One is a um, maybe even a shorter term, you know, opportunity that we're looking at too. So uh, again, we have two great OEM partners with Chevrolet and Honda. Um, we've worked very hard to come up with this current platform or what we were announced today about what's next. And again, between now and next year, when we start really working to implement this program, this piece, there's probably going to be a lot of different things that are much farther along, um, a year from now than they are today. So we have to keep up with that. We have to, um, again, the, the key to the whole thing was, I think that the remain, um, focused and uh, to our roots, which you know is again the fast, loud, authentic, and unapologetic. So as long as we do that, and all these other things that enhances the overall sport, enhances the direction, enhances where we're going in the future of where we're going, um, we're all for exploring. And again, we're very appreciative of Hana and Chevrolet, um, you know, their help to get us to where we announced today. It's next, but you're working on more nexts. That's the Absolutely. thing that I love. And that's probably the biggest takeaway, I think, of all outside of the fact that IndyCar has modernized itself to a point to where the automotive industry that maybe was a little hesitant on the, hey, we love the fast and loud part, but we need to have the the, mo- the modernity uh, to a greater degree. I mean, that's amazing. But I love the fact that this hybridization is part of a general initiative to look at other things to make IndyCar more and more technologically relevant in the future it's a welcome return to a place that i lived oh so happily in my youth <laughs> yes Jay. well thank you um we're you know excited and again we're appreciative and again as long as we remain um, true to our roots uh we'll be glad to look at anything jay thank you again for taking some time and uh hopefully we hear porsche ferrari lamborghini calling in the background uh yeah. i want you to go get those phone calls Thank you, my friend, and I look forward to speaking soon. Thanks for having me.